January 19th? Yeah? January 19th? 2021? (laughs) What big day is it? What's happening? It's the day before the inauguration. That's not a big day. I I mean, I don't think it's going... I don't think it's going to be either, but a lot of people really fucking do. Well, Olympus hasn't fallen yet, despite the fact that a man in a Viking Indian headdress wandered around. I I was watching the news that day and it was like kind of unbelievable. I could not believe what the fuck I was seeing, but I was super entertained, you know. Mm. I don't know what I thought was going to happen or, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard was your penis? Well, I, I mean like I always thought that's where you were supposed to like air your grievances was on public property. I I guess they just shouldn't have broken in, you know. Ah, uh, then she said, I'm going to burn this mother down. And I was like, you better not, <laughs> you sir, better sir. Not. Uh, she already said that uh, there was an electrical fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm, got it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this is our second reboot of a podcast that has been dead. Um, we can blame COVID. We can blame restructuring in the company. We can blame general lethargy towards a late 30s, early 40s Gwyneth Paltrow moment. Um, yeah, we've been working from home. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. I also, if I had more interest in doing a podcast, we would have done more of them. Hmm. I mean, while I don't mind coming here and putting headphones on and looking into your baby blue eyes and talking about bullshit, <laughs> <coughs> the reality is I'd rather jerk off at home and uh, send roll-ups claiming to do work to Brent. Well, <laughs> let's make this quick. <laughs> I got I got ten minutes to put together a month's <laughs> worth of content and then go back to sleep. Um, yeah, man, it's been a been a good year, really. I mean, uh, from our standpoint, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to like dive into this as like some State of the Union address, but like the company's doing well. I assume that everyone who works at the company who I haven't talked to is doing well, including me. Well, how are how you are have you a doing? new kid? It, I do have a new kid. Yeah, you are like spending a lot of time doing that. Yeah, this hat is new. I'm actually losing my hair. Oh, are you are you really? Yeah, I'm losing my fucking hair. Wait, it's, why? I don't know. I have no idea. But like Amber was, like, aren't you like 24? Well, I'm I'm gonna be 30 in March. Aww. But yeah, I'm I'm starting to lose my hair. I I heard that's kind of like par for the course when you have your first kid. But I never thought it would happen to me. You know. Well, I mean, you can get some Rogaine with minoxidil. Yeah. And just uh, it'll come right back and all grow all your ass. Really? Yeah, you get a bunch of ass hair. I don't know. I've never used <laughs> it. I know that half the dudes on my ODA though are like, they're like, oh man, I'm losing my hair. I'm like, man, fuck that. When I lose my hair, I'm just gonna shave it all off. And they're like, you say that because you have hair. And then yeah. I realized they were right. Amber said the exact same thing to me last night, and I really don't think I should shave my head now. No, it's not. Like, it's thinning. It's not. You're not. Oh yeah. It's not gone. Mm. Just don't. And I look really threatening with a shaved head. Just don't. Yeah. Fuck, Jesus, man. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm like, I'm a nice, you know, yeah. like I would never hurt anybody. But when I when I have a shaved head, I look like I hurt lots of people all the time for some reason. But I bet you know the meaning of the seven letters. <laughs> I don't know what the seven <laughs> letters are. Um, oh. 
Would you look like you do? Hmm. Um, yeah, so we're cool. I called uh, Raven the other day to ask if she wanted to come hang out while we filmed, <laughs> and uh, I called her at like 9.30 or 10. She called me back at 12.30 <laughs> and sounded very hungover. She's living her best life. Yeah, and I was like, uh, hey, are you alive? Yes. And I was <laughs> yes. Like, like, my sleep schedule's really messed up. I was like, that's an excellent excuse. It goes right along with I had a flat tire and my battery was dead. <laughs> I, I replaced her battery for her not six months ago. Uh, well, dude, the Maybe funny seven. part was her roommate had gone walkabout and left her car blocking Raven's car and taking her keys with her. And I was like, <laughs> that isn't, I was like, for the record, if you guys have a single driveway, mm -hmm. it should be house rules that the car keys always stay at the house. Dude, and she, have, have you been to her place? Yeah. She lives in the hood. Kind of. It's it's hard to say that because it's so gentrified now. Like, yeah. I mean, there's right there. I don't want to like home in too much on where she's at, but I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's not bad. Well, I I follow Durham PD on Facebook, and there've been a few shootings out there. Yes, you know that's true per week. Yeah, yeah, per, that's true. <laughs> I always I always laugh when we go to High Wire and people are freaking out when there's like shootings in the area and people are like Dude. hide inside i'm like man if you keep that thing on you you ain't got to worry about <laughs> it you know like <laughs> oh yeah well and you know and if you're if you're not carrying a rag or anything i don't think you really have to worry durham's become a place where white people have moved and like to talk about how rough it is but it's not really rough and if you talk to durham cops they will say with great sadness in their voice that nothing cool happens in the city anymore because all the idiots and criminals have moved out to the suburbs the suburbs of Durham, yeah. like like Roxborough, and I mean, I don't know where they <laughs> just. It seems as though the constabulary of Durham <laughs> is no longer satisfied with the amount of wood shampoo they can apply <laughs> to the local residents. Yeah, me and Amber will probably get out of here at some point. You think? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, like, crime isn't really a big thing here, but schools are not schools, super great. Schools in Durham suck. Well, and why do you think we live in Hillsborough? Uh, yeah, that's a good call. Um, I mean, it's one of those deals where. You know, I mean, also with the COVID thing, um, you know what I don't hate? Hmm. Homeschooling. And I mean, that's starting to look like more and more of a reality. Like, I don't the, like the idea of sending the boy to a school where, you know, they're they're taking temperature every morning and they're behind glass. and they've got I don't even care on. about that as much as I care about the mixed modal stuff where it's like you go to school three days a week. It's really hard to get into a schedule. And then you're dealing with seven hours a day of Zoom calls and stuff for school for kids. And you're like, dude, this isn't what kids do. I mean, we have a homeschooling curriculum that's mostly online, but it's self-paced. Hmm. And Scout's done all of her schoolwork in like an hour or two every morning. And the rest of the day is like, what do you want to do? Let's like go to the park. Let's like go on adventures, whatever. And we can do it from the road. I don't have to put in any sort of like, you know, excuse if I wanted to take my kid out of school. Hey, oh, you know, yeah. we're going to a monster truck rally. And Brian said he's doing the same stuff. And like, you know, if Amber's if Amber is still enjoying being a single mom, no, not single mom. Oh, that fuck. is the wrong word. <laughs> I hope she listens to this podcast and oh, then man. hits you in the dick with a baseball bat. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've already said enough that I'm going to keep her from listening to it, so we can be real honest in this podcast. No, don't do to. that. Someone will listen. Your parents, <laughs> her parents, someone, and they'll say something like, "Did you hear that podcast Christian was on?" You know how I know because anytime I do a podcast. Kim's friends are like, did you hear what Doug said about you? And I'm like, I said nothing but nice stuff. Well, but it's the way you said it. I have an insurance policy against this. There is not a single story or secret that Amber does not know about me, which is a very freeing thing. There is, there is not anything 
that there's not a it's, single question that super you could good ask me. That nobody listening to this podcast can see you winking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. She knows everything. I get it. Cool, she does. Man. She knows mm-hmm. every single embarrassing sex story from before we were together. She knows every single like awkward moment I had as a teenager. I uh I had a I had a pair of Heelys in high school. Those those stupid shoes with They're the wheels stupid. on them. They're not stupid. I've been wanting to get a pair. Uh, I still have. <laughs> I still have some that would probably fit what you. What size are they? Nines? Yeah, I think they're nines, bro. I will bring them into the office I think so it's that we time, can fuck around. It's time for us to make some videos. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, Mister Healy, dude. In in high school, I I <laughs> um took a big slap on the pavement and chipped my tooth in front of like with 10 Heelys? cheerleaders. Yes, it was very 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 embarrassing. Man, that's a uh, it's a quick way to make sure you're not going to get your pee-pee touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was... The yeah, nurse will get after it, though. <laughs> <laughs> the nurse, though. Um, yeah, so I we came in here with no real agenda, but Christian and I both just recently did cross-country trips with disparate age children. <laughs> yeah, Justin Ivo asked me on the drive how the highway fatigue was with with my Jeep. Oh, with the Jeep? Yeah, highway fatigue is just a, a word that people use to describe the shitty feeling of driving a hoopty across the country. I didn't know that that was a phrase, <laughs> I but I do. I, I, <laughs> I personally was amazed when I got into a new vehicle how easy it is to drive across the country. I set my cruise control. It's predictive. We oh, drive, man. like, I get 600 miles plus to a tank, so I literally can drive, like, seven hours Dude, I was, I was stopping like every two hours to rock a piss, though. How do you do that? Hold it. Because me and Amber were talking about that. I'm like, Doug gets like 600 miles on a tank. We're stopping every 150 to two miles. No way, bro. How does he do it? Just hold on to it. I'd piss in a bottle. Did you not remember when I did that Ocracoke trip with Kim for Thanksgiving this year? And <sighs> I was on the ferry, and my odometer on my truck said it was... Like it was like, I don't know, like 180 miles or something or 220 miles to the house. And I my time, my DTE on the truck was like 229. And I was like, I can make this. You had to make that classic Jeremy Clarkson decision. But I had to piss. Yeah. From like mile five. (laughs) So for three hours, my teeth started to float. And, like, I was literally just, like, pee dancing in the front seat the whole way. But I was like, I know that if I stop to piss, I'll never make it to the last gas station before my house. So, really and truthfully, all this is to say that I'm a huge idiot who's very stubborn. (laughs) And I make bets against myself all the time. And that's why I do things. So, your trip was quite easy in this truck. Uh, Yeah, it's easy in the truck. It's also super weird now because, like, I put the camper shell on it. And so, like, I took... My dogs, my two dogs, and Kim's dog with me, because mm-hmm. originally Kim was going to go to Aruba for two weeks during, over Christmas while I took the girls to Colorado, and she backed out of that um, at the last second, and I still had her dog because she didn't want to book her. I mean, it was expensive, and I was like, yeah. why would you book her? I love that dog. I'll take her. So three dogs were in the bed, and then I had Scout and Michaela in the cab, and then my buddy Jared, who came along with us for Christmas as well. Um, so like we made a big push to Denver, um, in like 26 hours Amazing on the first, like 26 hours straight. And then, um, we, we spent the night there in golden, which was supposed to be us linking up with Katie Pate, mm-hmm. but like, it was really just more of a comedy of errors. It was like, Hey, we showed up. Michaela got her first tattoo in Denver. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. She liked it. Um, with COVID, we couldn't hang out with her. So 
we just went and hung out at REI. And then when she was done, we picked her up. And then uh, we pushed out to the Western Slope, which was supposed to be, well, actually we pushed to Winter Park. And mm-hmm. we hung out for a couple of days with some friends. And then we went to the Western Slope because the Front Range is... Dog shit. Well, it's, well, it's, it's fucked, man. Like, yeah. Like, I dislike the Front Range under best of circumstances, but now that they've gone to reservations for, like, season pass holders Duh. only, it's like, dude, you can't get on the slopes. Yeah. And so rather than, like, rather than try to force it, we just hung out, did some friend time, and then we went out to the Western Slope. And because the Western Slope is slower, mm-hmm. you can really just kind of buy a ski pass anywhere. At least, uh, you know, uh, Crested Butte and Telluride both were, were super chill, um, which is, you know... A great time because I ended up, um, like probably tearing my ACL on my first first day skiing. Um, I was convinced that being like Zach Carbo is what I needed to do, so I was like, I need to get into backcountry skiing. And I'm like, this is clearly an easy straight line proposition. I will go out, I will practice some turns, and then I will be ready for the backcountry. What I have learned is that I should probably be skiing like a couple times a month here in like Boone, uh, practicing in hopes that I will eventually, years from now, be good enough <laughs> to get into the backcountry. Zach, oh, t- Zach, I was like, yeah, man, we should do a ski trip. I need to learn more and practice. And he's like, dude, come out here. We'll ski up Mount Hood and ski down. And I'm like, no. Fuck. That doesn't even sound like a good time He's to me, showing man. me pictures of it. He's like, the ski up is like good. It's good <sighs> cardio. It's really good cardio. Well, I mean, it's it's all touring, right? Yeah. So like, the skis have skins that are like carpet. They have grain, like mm-hmm. nap one way. So you slide up, and then it stops you from sliding back down. Yeah. Do you zip that off before you go down? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You take okay. you take your skins off, and you clip your heels in. And then you just <laughs> ski like they're alpine skis. Yeah. But, I mean, like, he's telling me about it, and he's like, yeah, you need a guide. Otherwise, it's super cool. Like, check out these pictures. And he's, like, showing me pictures of this, like, rock. It's called, like, Isolation Rock or something. I can't remember. Um, but it's, like. Charming. Oh, it's super pretty, but, like, it's clear that the wind's blowing, like, 80 miles an hour. <laughs> like, there's nothing but, like, snow spray. And he's, like, it's beautiful up there. Think about the cool pictures we get. I'm, like, yeah, and how do we get down? He's, like, oh, it's easy, man. We'll just ski down a couple hundred feet at a time and stop and get our bearing. But you need a guide because, like, there's a few ski bases and a few, like, really, like, steep couloirs. And I'm, like, I am fairly certain that skiing down Mount Hood is the equivalent of a double black diamond at a resort. And I am literally telling you that I was out of my depth on blues. <laughs> like I couldn't because of my knee being weak. Yeah. I wasn't cutting well on like like left to right turns. So So at, your knee was weak before you attempted this. No, 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 no. I blew my knee out on run one Fuck. day one. And then I nursed a weak knee for several days after that. And so like at one point on a blue, uh-huh. I was like, this is cool. I'm going to kind of bomb it. And I'm like, I'm going too slow. I'm going too fast. I'm going to like slow down by cutting. And I did a hard left turn, started to slow down and went to go make a hard right turn. And like my left knee was just like, fuck you. Uh-huh. And I just literally skied right through orange tape off of like a 30 foot embankment head first down into some like powder. And it was like one of those things where at the time, I'm pretty sure I had a butthole puckering panic moment as I went through the tape. Uh. But by the time I crashed, it was like 
Uh, well, it seems like I'm in one piece. I'm like literally lawn darted into the snow. So I like dig my way out and I grab my skis and use them like walking poles. And some random dude <laughs> comes and sticks his head over the side. He's like, hey, are you cool, man? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just coming back up. And he's like, whoa, I wish I had that on videotape. I was like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I oh, look man. like an idiot. Dude, I'm trying to stay out from under the knife as long as I can. And my one thing that I'm really committing to not doing is fucking skiing, putting a six-foot plank it's directly connected to all the leverage and torque in my knee What's, and then sending myself down a hill. It's funny. I no didn't chance. have problems after the first couple wrecks <sighs> when I figured out kind of better how I was going to fall. Yeah. It wasn't so bad. But the first time, I mean, holy shit, I looked like... Jerry of a day type of shit, you know, <laughs> it was bad. Well, and there's nothing like a long car ride to just let all those injuries like set in and get stiff and fucky. I feel like shit Do since you? the drive. Yeah, and like I spent three days doing that drive. I much prefer to do it straight through. Like we stayed at Airbnbs because we've got the, the yeah. wee lad and the dogs and stuff. But man, that, you know, instead of just doing a 26 hour push like I usually do, that is three full days sleeping on weird beds. Dude, I didn't sleep. Yeah. I didn't sleep on a bed the entire trip. Where were you sleeping? Your truck? No, I fucking. So I brought a bunch of camping gear, and my parents' house was so full <laughs> that I slept on a couch or the floor, depending on if Scout wanted to sleep on the couch or not. And then. Ah, so you guys did not abide by the restrictions. What restrictions? Right. <laughs> well, I think in Colorado it's 10 people in the same house. Is it? Yeah, I oh. think so. Well, I mean, I think we were under 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. is, is alive and well in California and Colorado now. Pussy. Yeah. yeah he's, rolled, he's rolled it back. It's worth noting that uh, all major blue state leaders have now declared that it's, it's vital for restaurants and bars to reopen immediately. That was interesting. And I don't want to say anything like promoting too much freedom. God forbid our podcast Ti- timing gets deplatformed. Timing seemed funny. <laughs> timing seemed funny. This podcast will be hosted on Gab. Dude. <laughs> See, that's, that's another reason why I think I'm losing my hair. My parents, I think a lot of our parents, are they probably find themselves in the realm of conspiracy theorists. Yes. And what they do now is they... They got a very plausible email from an <laughs> unknown source that told them unequivocally <laughs> that the last protectors of freedom are QAnon uh-huh. and that, um, yeah, no. Oh, man, it goes deep. They sit there with these thousand-piece puzzles and they sit there and listen to conspiracy theorist podcasts and really? put together puzzles. So, for, jo- so Joe Rogan. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I have always found <laughs> so two people that I have always found to be very neutral and balanced that people are bitching about now is Joe Rogan and JP Sears. Well, I mean JP Sears is a parodier. Yeah. Uh, so like as a comedian, I'm not really sure why anybody is like he has a lot of material to parody right now. It's a lot of truth and satire, man. Yeah. Like what's the problem? Yeah. Also, Joe Rogan, man, come on. Like I mean it's rad. I like that he's got a huge viewership and he has interesting guests, but also mm-hmm. Have you tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> so does Katie Pate, does she administer psychedelics um, and take I you through? I believe that, I don't think that she's um, a facilitator, um, but she has dabbled in that stuff. I think she's gone to things to see how they're doing it, but plant medicine is, there are ways to say it that are less... Um, 
Yeah, what's the politically correct way to refer to a peddler and facilitator of I, spirit journeys? I, I mean, you've just nailed it. <laughs> a peddler and facilitator of spirit journeys. I think that is the appropriate way to say it. Oh, I want to find one. Plant medicine is... Plant medicine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what we're medicating, but you know. Well, um, I mean, it is. It, I do feel like I've been chronically stressed for maybe the last three years or so. And about what? See, that's the thing. It's not material. <laughs> it's it's not anything real. And I think that is probably what makes it uh, clinical. Is that I, you know, I'm I'm doing very well. Like, I know what I've been stressed about. You got a wife that likes you. You got a new kid. Just dude, my have wife a house really you like. likes me I know. for some reason. It's, it's weird. Fucking insane. Um, but I'm really stressed. I mean, yeah. is this proof that everybody can find something to be stressed about? No, it really is. And I think the stress threshold is always creeping up. Well, that's good and bad because I don't think mm-hmm. that no matter how well you're stress inoculated, mm-hmm. I don't think that your cup, your capacity to maintain stress gets better. Your ability to vent gets better, right? Or like to bleed off extra stress. Well, and so this, I'm, I'm happy you bring this up because this is been something I've always wanted to talk about. I always thought working with SF dudes, I would be in an office surrounded by people who were just the the most amazing examples of resiliency and just you mean, even keel. You mean people who vent anger constantly? Well, and I really admire, like, that is a quality I admire <laughs> now, but it's not what I expected to see when I started working Listen here, here. you stupid motherfucker. I'm tired exactly. of your laziness. <laughs> exactly. I want that. No, I mean, you can do it. It's just, like, <laughs> you, you have to have enough social capital to overcome it. There are moments that you've witnessed in my reactions <laughs> that I'm not proud of, Christian, but also, like, I, I look back and I think to myself, while I'm not proud of those moments... I also believe that most of them were warranted <laughs> for one reason or another. And while I could have swallowed it and not said anything and just let it go, it felt way better to just be like, oh, oh, you're packing your bag, Christian? You're going to go <laughs> You're gonna go fucking be a bitch? And you're like, like literally you? watching the wind come out of your sails as you stop packing your bag to leave. And you're like, mm-hmm. fuck you. What am I supposed to do? I'm like, good, <laughs> good. Now we're making progress. Well, and I have noticed myself grow a lot in the last two years, which I'm really glad about. That was, that was one of those things. But yeah, man. I don't I, know. Uh, I mean, stress is stress. Everybody has it. Different things cause it. I mean, I think it's easy when you like. I also think that it's worth noting that I think a lot of people make stress out of things that are just not fucking stressful. And I mean, it's yeah. a perspective issue. I recognize that I shouldn't say that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, if it's stressful for you, I guess it's stress. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. And people I... need stress. Like, they create it. Mm-hmm. If there's no drama, people make it. Like, they could be in the best situation ever and they're going to, like, they're going to adopt their neighbor's drama. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, can you believe this person did such and such? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and, and that's, that's kind of how I feel, man. I, I, uh, I feel like I take it on from a lot of other people, but I really would be interested in like making some mushroom tea and having somebody guide me through to like help me find some perspective. Well, I can't or, speak to that. I don't have any experience doing it. Um, there's a heavy foot stomp. I mean, nobody really does. Yeah, no, no, it's cool. Allegedly, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe we can introduce you to some people since it's something <laughs> that's discussed. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I don't know the trip went. It went okay. I think mm-hmm. that it was over ambitious to think that I could do three weeks on the road with two kids and three dogs. You and I just missed each other. Oh, dude, I was driving. I mean, I like passed you on the way back. Yeah, I would have been out there when you were out there, 
But yeah, I thought you were staying until like the sixth. I was just staying until like the eighth, and other things came up here, so like mm. didn't change it to like the sixth. And then when Jared and I were talking about it, like Michaela ran out of gas pretty early. Like mm. this time, this trip, the drive out there stressed her out. There was a bunch of other stuff going on. Like it's weird because it's the first holiday where Kim and I were divorced and we didn't spend it together because <laughs> we did Ochre Coke. Like Thanksgiving was the first big holiday that she got the girls, and then she invited me out there. And on Christmas, I mean, I didn't want to force Kim to spend two plus weeks with my family, because <laughs> you know, like, yeah, my parents are my parents; they're great, I love them. But like, there's always like in laws are difficult for anybody, right? Mm. So I was like, well, we're not married anymore, so like, I'm not gonna <laughs> drag you along on this journey. But it was clear. Uh, Scout has about a week long where she can deal with being away from both of us mm. in some capacity. Michaela's less and more depending on the level of activity, but she was so just kind of over it from the beginning that um, I put her on a plane like three days before we jumped in the car to come back. And uh, so she was hanging out with Kim again, and that like that seemed to help. And Scout was just like out of it. <laughs> we weren't going to... we. I, in my head, I was like, as soon as Christmas is over, we'll push out to Utah. We'll do a bunch of backcountry stuff with Ben and everybody else, and then we'll turn around and come back. And I realized, like... Were you anticipating that Michaela and Scout would go with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. backcountry. Yeah, yeah. They do it with me all the time. Like, that is that is something that I... Like, if you asked me to go snowshoeing with you, yeah. I'd be like, I'll look at the pictures. No, it's cool. It's fun. Man. It right is. On. The girls are good at it. I mean, they... they Obviously, we're not doing like 20 mile stuff, yeah. but I mean, like, they'll definitely, we can go in and drop in like a backcountry parking lot and we can like hit canyons and That's go cool. for like a five mile thing and they're cool with it. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not tearing my ACL. I mean, snowshoeing's <laughs> not going to tear your ACL. You're going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could probably snowshoe with a torn ACL. It's like, it's pretty chill. It's not bad. Unlike I've, I have been before, I grew up in Colorado and by about the time I could start doing, Shit's those expensive things. too. Yeah, it got really cost prohibitive right about the time I could like drive and get up there myself. The, the so gear, like, gear is not cheap. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, fuck. Uh, I rented skis while we were skiing in Telluride, and it was fine. But mm. then, of course, my friend sent me a link to a used set of ON three P skis with touring bindings that were for sale in Colorado and Denver. So I picked those up on the way home, and hilariously, I don't know if I told you this. You want to take wild guess as to who owned them before me? Whom? Uh, so funny, I get the link to the cro to the Craigslist thing, and I send an email. Hey, these are still available. Like, you want to negotiate on price or whatever? And uh, the seller emailed me back and had it's none other than Chris Kyle, Matt Chan. <laughs> really? Yeah, his, his, his email signature is Matt Chan, and I'm like, so like, is this the CrossFit Matt Chan? Oh, that's fucking funny. Yeah, so it was super funny because I'm pretty sure in the grand context of things, we have now shared multiple things. But skis are only one of them. You Eskimo brothers with Matt Chan? Tunnel buddies with Matt Chan, for sure. <laughs> are you really? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it was super funny because I was like, are you the CrossFit Matt Chan? He's like, one and the same. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Cool, man. Well, um, this is a weird small world. Also, I'm going to buy them skis from you. So. Man. Yeah, I got a good deal, um, and uh, he left them at CrossFit Verve, and I picked them up on the way back. CrossFit Verve is nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's a lot of floor space for a big city gym. Yeah, do, um, are they still in that location? I don't know what they were before. It was a corner 
yeah. uh, industrial building. Corner industrial building and kind of shithole part of Denver. Yeah, but it's like everything in Denver is getting so gentrified now that it's yeah. like even the uh, even the shithole warehouse districts are being like painted with murals and mm-hmm. they're you know bringing in restaurants. I, mean, I think there's a wine bar right next to CrossFit Verb now that's yeah. Super yeah. fancy. I, I took my uh, level one at CrossFit Verve, and it that was starting, but it was still, you know, there were like industrial silos. Well, and no, fuck, dude. Arvada is not a shithole anymore. Like, I mean, wow. it is, but like people are trying to move up in there. Huh. I mean, I don't get it. I, If I went all the way to Colorado, I would not be stopping in Denver. It's like, hmm. you know, I know why people did stop there because they brought their wagons across the Mississippi and they pushed across the great open plains and they got there and saw the mountains and were like, fuck it, we're stopping here. <laughs> but I'm like, nah, man, it's cool. I'm going to push a little further west and get up kind of a little more in the mountains. Um, Where's your favorite spot on the western slope? Dude, everything in the San Juans is amazing. Hmm. I mean, everything. Like, there's no, like, it's almost impossible for me to tell you where my favorite spot is because I've never been anywhere on the Western Slope that I wasn't convinced was the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. Like, it's just, it's perfect. Well, so, uh, and like me and Amber always think about moving back over to that side of the country because it would be nice to be eight hours away from my family or six. Your Maybe folks six. live on the Front Range still? Yeah, they live in Fort Buttfucking Collins. Man, I just can't get excited about living in Fort Collins. When I am not, I like my physiology will not allow me to live there. Within four hours of being there, my lips started cracking, my skin was all dry, my hair got all fucked You're up. You're probably not gonna like the Western Slope either. Dude, my nose bled yeah, uncontrollably, yeah. constantly. Yeah, the same thing happens to me. Chronic cough, like, and it was something that I never got used to because I had that shit my entire life before I moved here. Chronic cough isn't real for me, but I get yeah. blood boogers all the time. Yeah, man. It's dry. It's just really dry. <laughs> I mean, and the answer to that is put a humidifier in your house and... No, it is it is not terraformed. It is not set up for human life. Colorado is not. I don't know. I So I like high desert. Yeah. I, it doesn't bug me. I mean, also bear in mind, like, West Texas is my ideal. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's the same thing, just lower elevation. Super dry, super mm. windy. Um, Dude, eh. I'd move to East Texas. No. <laughs> No? Oh, my God, dude. Not so much? Like, that's the Hills Have Eyes, Texas edition. Man, I'm, yeah, but, you know, you get a lot of land for really cheap, and you don't have neighbors. Not the so ones you do have stay in the hills. Not so much anymore. Well, so there are no hills. I just said the Hills Have Eyes because <laughs> I was talking about the fact that it's a bunch of inbred, like, uh, like <laughs> yeah. Everybody's family tree looks like a fucking Charlie Brown Christmas tree there. You know what I mean? Like, it's very vertical. Um, yeah, dude, East Texas is really just West Louisiana. Hmm. It's a lot of coonassery going on there. A lot of coonassery. Yeah, that's not ideal. I mean, my family had a ranch there when I was growing up, and um, like, uh, we owned that ranch from like nineteen, probably nineteen eighty <laughs> to two thousand and maybe fifteen, and we were always the new people. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Shit. Like, on the road. Like, I was the first person to really put roots down there because I worked at a local campground that was there, and, like, I knew people, and I'd gone to school in the area, so I knew a bunch of people, and they'd always be like, man, y'all the new people over on Scrouge Out Drive. And literally, like, that, it was called Scrouge Out Drive because there was a church at the front of our road that was that had a revolving, uh, like, a, like, kind of like a, I don't know, it's, it's revolving, but it's, um, like, a traveling pastor. So, like, there was different denominations that the church would host one Sunday a month. Huh. And this one pastor showed up, and I guess 
people had decided like there were too many people there and the pastor couldn't get in to preach or whatever, like, cause something was going on. And he said he'd been dang scrouged out and he left and didn't preach. And like, they then called the road scrouge out road cause the pastor decided to leave. Whoa. Welcome to East Texas, bro. Dude just like rode around East Texas on a horse. Man, those are simple people with simple problems. Man, there's there's a lot of sovereign citizens out there too. Oh. There's a there's a lot of like handwritten license plates and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, government. <laughs> Man, it, I uh it sounds like northern Maine. Yeah, I've not been to northern Maine. I'd, I've been to northern New York and that's yeah. something. Well, it, so northern Maine apparently I I have a uh buddy whose hometown is Portland. We went up there to visit him, but apparently in Northern... Stephen King's home. Really? Yeah, yeah. He writes all about uh, that area of Maine. That's like almost all of his books are from that area. Dude, that's fucking funny. Well, so like apparently the Northern part, there are settlements, but they don't have names and they're just on like a a grid square. And like a lot of the communities up there are closed off and hermited from the rest of the country. I'm like, man, I could get used to a little lakefront cabin up there. I mean, it's pretty as fuck up there. Yeah. I, but you have to be a different kind of human to survive winters in that area. You know what I mean? They get bad? Oh, dude. Yeah. Man. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I thought we were up... I mean, we were up there in November, and it was pretty It was pretty palatable. It's been a pretty mild winter this year. I yeah. think the snow hasn't been crazy, but, like, upstate New York, Maine, Connecticut, that area, like, Vermont, whew, like, I was a crazy amounts of snow and it's so rural that like that's like the kind of place where you have to have a snow plow in your truck oh like you had to yeah. plow your own shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. um well i could do without i mean each moving is moving I, I guess that brings up the point that like we should talk about the fact that we're like the lease on our office is about to be up yeah we will no longer have a physical location which due to covid we have used almost none <laughs> over the last eight months um, well, what the fuck are we going to do? I mean, I have enjoyed what we're doing. I have too. <laughs> but what's funny is, it's like I talked to Raven the other day, and I was like, yo, uh, what are you doing, kid? Like, you basically have a job where we've given you carte blanche to work from home, mm-hmm. and you're paying $1,000 a month to live in a place that, like, eh, it's kind of cool, but, like, I mean, I know she has a boyfriend here, and, like, she's happy, but I was like, $1,000 a month is the payment on a Sprinter van. Yeah. Like, you're, I mean, what is she, 25? 24, 25? Yeah. It's like you're 24, 25, you don't have a family, you got a dog, and you like being outdoors and doing cool stuff and seeing cool places. Like, get a van, man. Mm-hmm. Just hit the road. Everything we ask you to do can be done from a laptop. My parents just did that. They bought an old VW Eurovan oh, and they God. just put a little shitter in the back. Nice. And it, it you know, a it, compost toilet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And it's been fully restored. It they has like, like it? yeah, they love it, man. It's my dad's. It's my dad's new baby. And they they just fucking tour around the country. They came out here in it a few months ago, and I would do that in a second. I mean, it's a fucking dream. Brent used to laugh at it. He used to call it Swiss Family Dugginson. Before the divorce, I was like, yeah, man, I think I'm going to go walk about, get a fifth wheel, and just like take the family around and do that. And he was like, well, how are you going to do your work? How are you going to make content? And now <laughs> like, we've divided the content calendar up into quarters, yep. and we're going to front load stuff. Like, I think we'll, have, we'll probably have a week of filming in a concerted effort every quarter, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the work that follows on will be like editing and like you know promotion, the same stuff we do. Where are we going to cast our pods from? I mean, again, I'm not married to the idea of a podcast. Hmm. I mean, it's been fun while it lasted. 
Um, we're going to end this podcast, and I'm not going to remember a single fucking thing I said. Hey, do you guys know that we have a fitness app? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the business, right? Like, yeah. the business is that we have an app, and we're doing app development to make it a better app. And, like, for us, like, putting quality fitness programming in front of our customers is the number one goal. Incidentally, <laughs> along the way, we've created a community of people that like identify with die living or the softly brand or recognize that you know the programming and the supplements that we provide are the best out there for a specific military subset but i mean the reality is if you talk to most people that really follow us and are into the community they don't know we have a fitness app dude <laughs> i mean it's true right and i could talk yeah. about it a hundred times on you know every podcast and then i'll talk to people like hey i watched your video where you talked about this thing i'm like oh cool did you like sign up for the app <laughs> oh you guys have an app i didn't know that <laughs> and it's always funny because like i think people are so used to free apps too yeah that they download the app and then i will invariably get text messages and emails like i can't figure out how to log in like it says i don't have an account i'm like did you pay for it did you did you subscribe <laughs> to the monthly? They're like, what service? the fuck? Your intellectual property should be free. Oh, dude, I get yeah. those sometimes. Yeah. Very rare, but the ones that I do get, I'm like, oh yes, you're <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I'm I am excited to, you know, get a long email from all of the partners detailing where this is going. I don't think that that's going to happen. No? No, you sound like someone else now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, if it's important, like, we'll tell you. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, um, when when you're an E4, E5, E6, you don't get email correspondence from <laughs> an O8 telling you all the details of the next campaign. <laughs> but you do get the details that are pertinent to you. That are nested three levels down, you know, like the captain comes to you and he's like, hey, shitbird, <laughs> I need you to I need you to sweep the fucking motor pool. I'm good with that. I'll keep doing what I'm doing, man. But I mean, that's the thing yeah. It's like I, that's what I I try to convey, not just to you, but to like everybody who works here is like, hey, like we have a really kind of awesome, ideal um work situation which is when i need you to do something like i give you a call we do it um i mean i would really like for our content creation to be more focused on quarterly getaway trips where it's like a like i can't pay for you to be there fully but i can not charge you for lodging and stuff like that you just got to get there and then we'll spend a week making content. I mean, you're getting paid to be on vacation. It's not like you have to do a lot. You just get to show up and do things. Yeah. Well, and like, we don't have any getaways pending, you know, with the whole COVID thing and I the keep, impending civil war and like all that fucking shit. I keep saying we're going to go ice climbing Ure in February. Yeah. Um, the Box Canyon there is amazing. It's perfect for all that. I've talked to a bunch of guides while I was out there. It's super chill. You like, know what's really good for your ACL? Not ice climbing. I don't think that ice climbing would be bad for my ACL. <laughs> Until you fall, motherfucker. I don't think so. <laughs> so, I mean, I've taken a couple whippers. I've been, I've been climbing on my ACL. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been rock climbing on my ACL. And um, I've taken a couple whippers, <sighs> and it hasn't been bad. Man. No. So, I, what I do notice is with my ACL being a little unstable, yeah. if I'm trying to make a move that requires me to put a ton of weight on my left foot, like mm -hmm. at an off, like a weird angle, it's... Mm, questionable. How many how many people die a year ice climbing? 
I don't think in, many in the country. I don't think many. It's no, is it any? I don't know. It's I mean, here's the thing. In Uray, it's all top rope. Okay. So like you're in this box canyon that is maintained by a nonprofit that literally is like the friends of the Uray box canyon or something like that. And <laughs> there's plumbing. <laughs> like there's literally water pipes that run all the way up the canyon. And as soon as it gets cold enough for it to freeze, they just turn them on like sprinklers. And oh. they create these like cascaded waterfalls of ice that then you climb. But I mean, when you climb on ice, like some of the fundamentals of rock climbing are still there as far as like, you know, the ways that you clip into protection or, you know, like they, you know, they'll screw, there's ice screws for putting up bolts and then they'll thread the ice. Like they'll just literally use like 550 cord in a loop and they'll clip, <laughs> they'll clip a carabiner. In. Like dude, literally, they'll huh. dr- drill a hole in an ice thing and then they'll put 550 cord in it and the other water trickling down will freeze that thread into the ice and that's like a protection point oh that's crazy super crazy right um it sounds pretty safe uh, i mean the thing is you're climbing with ice axes and crampons Mm -hmm. so instead of like handholds and you're creating like this weird triangle shape like i don't know much about it i barely got my like i barely got my toes wet with it Mm -hmm. like pun kind of intended um but there's like a crazy crazy guide community there and everybody that's there like i just pulled up the parking lot and started talking to climbers and asking a bunch of questions like hey i think i have everything i need like i had ice axes and crampons and ropes and you know my my freaking double rack and a bunch of other stuff and i was like is it uh is it literally just me going and finding an anchor at the top and dropping a rope over the edge and then like walking down in the canyon or wrapping down and then climbing up And they're like yep so, so this is going to be Doug's 2021 is taking your adventure truck up into Canada and finding some glaciers and climbing them. Um, well, so that would it be seems awesome. like Uray is a good place to get some experience with ice climbing yeah. in a curated kind of like contained environment. Like a lot, there's not a lot of outside variables. You know, you still need to wear a helmet. There's a ton of stuff falling. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not safe, safe, but it's not like perilously dangerous either well and that's easy enough for you to do too it's a 26 hour turnaround if you just fucking get out there yeah and so i mean we'll see uh my rooftop tent for the truck is done in may in montana so getting custom made yeah i ordered one from that go fast camper place it's like half the weight of comparable clamshell rooftop tents that's amazing so like the ones that you buy like I won't name any names, but most of the ones that you buy are from China, and mm-hmm. they're rebranded. Um, that's why we found a bunch of, like, we were thinking about buying, like, seven of them because I could get them for, like, you know, a tenth of the price. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's still cheaper for me to order seven of them and then sell them. Um, but the I more, would have bought one. Well, the more I start looking, the more I realize, like, I'm already, the truck's already getting a lot of weight on it. Like, yeah. the camper shell, the deck system, the fact that I carry so much gear, bikes, climbing gear, guns. Um, you know, on every thousand pounds you add to the chassis reduces your gas mileage by something like 20%. Bro, it's a a roof rack will drag you by an extra 5%. I talked to some dude that had one of those big square CVC tents, yeah, uh, on top of his Ford. He said he lost four miles per gallon, ooh, because of wind drag. Damn, and it's like a 300 pound tent, Mm -hmm. so like almost all those tents weigh like 300 pounds. The Go Fast Camper top like i got the hard shell rooftop tent that they had because i wanted some like i wanted a little more comfort and i wanted the side channels to like mount awnings and lights to and stuff like that um but that rooftop tent's 150 pounds 
<laughs> and they're super light one. They're like bomb proof one that's like an inflatable mattress in it. And it's all, it's like a clamshell, but it's fabric, like a very durable fabric shell. Um, it only weighs 80 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. I, it's actually really reasonably priced too. It's cheap. It's like 1500 bucks. <laughs> but I didn't want, I, I'm going to probably leave it on a lot. So I don't want to like just have something that isn't like really durable. But yeah, they make them. This is the only ones that I found that like they're made in America and they're all like CNC machined, all the brackets and everything. So it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'll go up there and have them custom install it and we'll do it. But when I do go up there, I think I'm going to hit Yellowstone and maybe push out to Washington. Cool. But for you, Ray, I think I will probably put all the camera equipment in and then pick up whoever wants to come. Like I think Ryan may come, although Ryan has some weird genetic thing where he's allergic to the cold what yeah it gets like reduced circulation his fingers and hands tingle like i thought he was like norwegian in lineage no no he likes warm weather yeah all of the <laughs> all the warm weather yeah but i i looked at that dude and i'm like man you look swedish as fuck i'm trying to guilt him into coming we'll see either yeah. way i'd but i'd like it to be so for those listening, tentatively, the plan is that we're going to start creating quarterly trips that focus, like for us, they're going to focus around content. So we're going to be doing um, segments called like, uh, you know, the definitive soft lead guide to Ure or the Western Slope of Colorado. And we'll feature a bunch of things that you will want to do out there, whether it be like a Via Ferrata or a jeeping trip or ice climbing or skiing. Like we'll feature a bunch of the things that are really popular out there. Um, you know, we may allude to clothing optional hot springs, but we won't be able to film there. Um, <laughs> you might feel like you're missing out on something, but you're not. <laughs> the, the hot springs themselves are lovely, but the scenery is even better. No, no, yeah. it's... <laughs> it's nothing to write home about. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and they smell like shit. They don't. They uh, they they are they're lovely people, and <laughs> they're wonderful. There's a lot more wrinkles than one would expect. Um, I meant the hot springs. No, they don't smell that bad. Oh, there. hang on, hang on. Yeah. You're talking about actual clothing optional. Hot yeah, yeah, yeah. The straight nudist colonies in Colorado. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. What? Yeah, the one Orvis is pretty famous. We've been there huh. every time I've been lately. We went on the last softly trip, but we all wore clothes because we're prudes apparently we were we were clothes shamed that trip this last one i went to like we all wore bathing suits and like i think probably 75 percent of the people there were wearing bathing suits it wasn't weird yeah and i feel like clothing optional you know like actual nudists have reached an age where they just don't give a fuck anymore no like, but i still think like at first mm -hmm. people are like are these people in clothes gonna be weird <laughs> uh, you know like yeah are they wearing clothes because they are body conscious and they're judging us for not wearing clothes like it's just like being different is always one of those things where people have question marks and you're like no nah, it's cool man i don't mind that your old hairy balls are sitting on the the steam room seat where yeah where i'm about to go and it's a little weird which of these fuckers has a micro penis the funniest part is that um they are the nicest hot springs i've ever been to the best maintained uh atmosphere is amazing super cool so but we'll feature all that stuff in one segment so like like travel uh -huh. destination type stuff and then we're going to do a series of things because, um, I mean, clearly I'm demonstrating that I'm a huge idiot who wants to try new things I'm not good at. <laughs> uh, so we'll do like suck less with softly and we'll have like a subject matter expert on, you know, ice climbing or a subject matter expert on backcountry skiing. You'd be like, hey, so you think you want to get into backcountry skiing or touring skiing, whatever. Um, these are this is what you need to know. Right. Like <laughs> so we'll do a series of videos on that. 
And then the same experts that are there will probably do like some mindset videos, some like good content from that. But we'll get to the destination. And like it used to be we had these events and I showed up like hours before all the participants who got there. And I just like rolled in hot, made sure that the Airbnb I got was good to go, stocked up on some food at the grocery store and like launched into activities as soon as people showed up. That was fun, but also it is stressful. It leaves a lot in play and it's hard to get the content you want when there's a lot of like moving pieces going on. So at that point when we were doing those things, like the content team was kind of free roaming and trying to get what they could while the participants were doing their own things um, with a little bit of guidance. And now I think we'll show up like on a Monday Hmm. and we'll occupy the Airbnb by force, um, you know, us, the subject matter expert in question, like the guides and the video team. And we'll spend like four days um, getting our grounding, getting all the B-roll we want, getting the the main A-roll for like, you know, big video stuff. Video cameras will go away on a Thursday night. Um, Participants are going to show up on a Friday and we will get a lot of stills and a lot of live stuff for Instagram. And like Friday through Sunday, will be just activities with our customers who came out for the event. Man, it sounds like camp. It will be. It'll it's going to be great. Dude, it's, they've always been fun. Like, every time we've done one, they've been a home run. Um, the Moab one was a little hectic. <laughs> it was, I, I saw pictures and heard stories. Uh, pictures you should never have seen. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did for yeah, obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah, no, obviously. But yeah, also, yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where it's one of... It's, you can't control every every contingency, so like I try to stress about it, but it's a lot easier if if everything that we need to get for work has been checked off before the participants get there, so that I can focus on like engaging with customers and like I can actually do things like just belay or just lead climb or just you know just make sure that it's safe for the people who are involved, so it doesn't feel like they're kind of like standing around with their thumb up their ass, you know, waiting for something. Well, it sounds like fun. I'll, I I want to try and make it out to the next one. Um, I do not get uh, away from the house enough. No, or, you don't. Or maybe, like, I've been in it. I've been locked inside it for the last year, it seems like. Um, so uh, this year, um, and I was just asked recently by, by somebody in an email, what can I do better to improve myself uh, in the coming year? And I think getting out and participating a little bit and stuff like that is... Yeah. yeah. I mean, you spend a lot of time in your gym. Mm. Gay! I know, man. It's super, super gay. Well, it's, you know, over the five years that we've been doing this, or six years now, Mm -hmm. um, I have come more and more in touch year over year with the fact that, like, the real reason... Like, I worked out before stress management and because I felt insecure about how I stacked up against my peers in the Army, and I wanted to, like, prove my worth. But with all of these other new outdoor activities and stuff that we're doing, like getting exposed to all kinds of stuff and having the opportunity to do it. I'm realizing that like my fitness has a lot more to do with wanting to do more stuff, not just be in the gym. Dude, I've been exposed to so much. You know, like I, I used to be like a pretty competent snowboarder, you know, up until I was 16 or 17. I used to love going up on the mountain. I used to be able to like, I, I used to have chops up there. I used to love like skateboarding and BMX and climbing. I got big into climbing for a while. I've done all of it, but I can't 
like nothing has bitten me. Like, you know, you mean you're like your snakes or you mean you're like not interested in doing any of that stuff anymore? Yeah. Well, just like nothing, nothing has engaged me. None of it is meditative or, uh, you know, like I can't, I can't get into a state of flow with any of it. It does not seem like you're sounding a little like George right now. Am I? (laughs) I mean, that being said, you just don't find enjoyment in those things anymore. I mean, like I, I find enjoyment, but it's more of like a, oh, all right, this is cool. You know, it's, it's not something that like really grips me and makes I mean, me want to get out of bed at five in the morning to do it. I, I don't know if I have any of those things either. <laughs> yeah. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like... A little bit of, little bit of strain. I'm uh, generally okay with... I mean, the only time I'm going to get out of bed at five in the morning to do something is if I know I can't do it in the afternoon. So, <laughs> like, if I'm at a summit of mountain and I know I'm not going to be able to make it yeah. because the weather's going to roll in, then we'll leave at dark. But otherwise, I'm very content with a late start, a healthy breakfast, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. But I mean, I mean, if you're into if you're into BMX, like get a BMX bike, man. Yeah, just go ride. Yeah, and like I did, I took the office bike out uh, with with a buddy out to Brumley a few months ago. And it was fun. It's been raining so much. I haven't even thought about getting on a mountain bike for a while. Can you not do it when it's when it's wet? Oh, Does it suck ass? Oh my god, it's the worst. <sighs> I mean, that being said, I have wrecked a few times in the last few years, and like whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, when it's muddy, yeah, I'm wrecking all the time. <laughs> like I just try to, I get overly aggressive in a turn or whatever, and the bike just is like. Zzzz. And every time you wreck on a mountain bike, like you're, I mean, you're, you're fucking something up. You're tired. Ah, no, no. I mean scrapes, eh. scrapes. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's just embarrassing. You're like, oh man, didn't yeah. see that coming. You know, that's that's the biggest mental hurdle I've been struggling with this year is just trying to keep myself out of the hospital and not go into surgery. Mm. I got this shoulder thing. Not like me. I got this knee thing. I'm just I'm trying to You like, sound like me right now. Fuck, man. I got I got Teddy nine fixed years. my Teddy fixed my shoulder thing. I'm good. But my knee thing is Yeah. No, oh, when's Teddy coming back? Uh he was here Friday. Hmm. Yeah. It, did he have anything to say about the knee? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like you're probably fucked. <laughs> Funny story. Um, it was bad enough that when I was down in Pinehurst the other day on my way back, I stopped at his house <laughs> to have him look at it. <laughs> he got at his table, and what I heard him say was, "Yeah, it's, there's a little bit of movement in your left knee, but it's not anything too bad. Just get a brace, and it'll heal up, and you'll be fine." You know. Maybe if you if your insurance is good, get an MRI. I'm like, well, I have TRICARE, you know. Uh, maybe I'll get an MRI. <clears throat> which, you know, leads me to the next point, which is he showed up at the office on Friday. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's getting a little better, but I kind of tweaked it. He goes, where's your brace? And I was like, well, I ordered it. And he goes, I told you to get one at Dick's. And I'm like, yeah, but I ordered off Amazon. It's not here yet. And he goes, you need the brace. And I'm like, well, you told me that it was going to heal up. I'm just trying to be gentle on it. He goes, I told you that I thought you tore it. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Man, I didn't hear that at all. So I literally this morning went to uh, the walk-in ortho clinic and had x-rays done. And the doc um, wrote that she thought that it was a sprain, not a tear, based on the x-rays. But because I have good government-sponsored health insurance, I've been scheduled for an MRI in the next four days. They're going to TRICARE VA. Uh, TRICARE. Yeah, TRICARE's dope. It is. Even TRICARE Reserve, what I have, is Uh still pretty dope. I oh, mean, yeah. not pretty dope. It's totally dope. Me and Amber pay like 65 bucks a month for the whole family forever. On Prime. How did you get that? Because you were medically retired? No. Oh, you fuck. I'm retired. No, it's good. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I pay 225 a month for Reserve Select um, for 
my yeah. family. No, I, I sit down at the end of my bed every night, close my eyes, and thank God that my insurance is taken care of. Yep. Because it's, that I mean, renders me immune to so much it's shit. Eight, it's like, I mean, for you, for a family... I mean, it's probably seven or eight hundred dollars a month. Oh man, and I for, for shitty like eighty twenty plan, dude. We would have to live in a fucking apartment if if I had to if I had to pay that. Like, it just would not be doable. Yep. I like I can't I can't believe how much people have to spend on insurance, man. Uh, me either. I mean, I think that people should just all join the military. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> and, um. My uh, my older brother, I haven't talked to him in a while, but you know when I was hanging out with my folks in Colorado a few weeks ago, we we went out and he uh, he said that he needed an MRI for one of his kids, and the insurance rate was thirty five hundred dollars for that MRI. Um, Mine's gonna be thirty five, dude. Well, so what he thirty five dollars. He. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Well, my uh, my brother after after the procedure was done, they're like it's gonna be thirty five hundred dollars, and he's like, well, what's the cash price? And she was, she was, you know, she had him lean in because, yeah. um, you know, was it thousand bucks? No, it was four hundred fucking dollars. Oh wow, no, that's badass. And it, well, so it, I'm, I am assuming the remaining thirty one hundred dollars just goes to the insurance company to facilitate the deal and support the industry. I'm not sure it works like that. If you look at your billing on insurance, and like I don't, I'm not an expert in this, but I'm always amazed at what the insurance negotiates a payout price at. Yeah. So like Tricare sends me a statement that says, you know, you're responsible for five thousand dollars worth of a bill. We we paid seven hundred dollars. The remaining balance is zero. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know how that works, but I'm assuming that the insurance companies are negotiating cut rates hmm. for themselves as well. Um, I don't know where this gap money is going. And, and yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, I certainly don't think any insurance company is paying $3,500 for an MRI, but maybe. I, I mean, like, I don't think they are paying that to the hospital. I think that is what is being charged and is supporting the extra entity well, that I don't has think to insurance, be involved in healthcare. Yeah, I don't think any I don't think that any insurance company pays the the full billable. Dude, fuck, I hate insurance so much. Yeah. Well, insurance is for accidents. I like the way that Australia has their public healthcare because like if you get an unexpected cancer diagnosis or are in a horrific car accident, you're covered. But everything else you pay for out of pocket, which I think is interesting because 80% of all health insurance claims are for shit that's self-perpetuated. Like you've been eating wow. Big Macs and smoking your entire life. And so in Australia, the you know, people have to pay out of pocket for that shit. Um, I don't is how I is how I understand it. I don't know what a better solution is than that. I'm grateful to be part of the great socialist experiment of Tricare. Yeah. Um I mean, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I learned that pretty No. Young. And I'm I'm definitely not complaining about the prices I pay. Um, I listen to other people yeah. deal with insurance. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and like my parents don't my parents don't carry it because it's prohibitive. It's too expensive. Aren't they paying a tax penalty on that every year? Yeah, but it's it's cheaper than than paying for the insurance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of crazy, right? Well, and it, I mean, like it works because like insurance. I think insurance is for accidents, and I think it works with cars and homes. But for healthcare, you are inviting a third party into like a perpetual maintenance of your own body. I'm not even gonna pretend I'm smart enough to understand this. I know there's problems. 
Yeah, well, and I, I think they arise because it, you know, the way they calculate the benefits has to do with what everyone else in the country is is undergoing and paying for. I mean, just like with car accidents, they measure it against your probability of getting into a wreck and how much the average settlement costs. I just want a drunk community doctor who gives me cocaine for every illness and uh, yeah. who allows people to die because of general malpractice. Totally. All the time. Yeah. I'd Old West doctor, come back. I'll pay you <laughs> in pig lips and mm-hmm. 10 chickens. Yeah, I just want to be able to pay my doctor for his time and help him pay his education off a little bit. I do not want to have to support a corrupt insurance industry along with that. I don't know who's corrupt anymore. Well, everybody, oh, everybody's just getting along, bro. Yeah. Dude, what a crazy fucking country this is right now. Oh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Well, and like that's that is the hard thing because everyone's arguing with one another and you know, my news sources are better. No, they're not. You wouldn't have time to read that trash if you were back at work. Right. Yeah. My news sources are no better than yours are and yours are no better than mine. We are all being lied to equally one and all, I think. I mean, I don't know if anybody's even being lied to as much as I I mean, someone is is purveying untruths. <laughs> But I'm not sure that they're cognizant of their lies. Their emotional positions that they believe to be true based on their experience. And they use reliable or sometimes not reliable statistics to bolster that emotionally held opinion. Well, there's certainly nuance to everything. I'm reading a book right now that Corey recommended to me that, I mean, it's super interesting. But cross-culturally, and this is true of everyone... People are almost incapable of seeing objective truth if it conflicts with their emotional experience. Yeah, if you white, you Ben Affleck. If you white, then you Ben Affleck. (laughs) But even if you are shown something that is objectively true with a ton of evidence, your analytical brain and all of your intelligence does not go to work to accept the truth, but it goes to work to find evidence of why your position is correct. If and only there was a Wendy's in the Capitol, everything I know, would have been right? cool. Well, and it, it, you know, <laughs> it's because groupthink is much more important to human survival than actual objective truth, I think. Yeah, dude, for sure. I, um, I don't even know where to start. It makes me want to build a cabin in the middle of nowhere and um, just, like, community is too important to me to just go there and live by myself, but yeah. I would like to start a commute. All of a sudden, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to lionize David Koresh or anything, but it kind of makes sense. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I think you should be allowed to do that, Douglas. I mean, I think that we typically do allow people to do that until we decide that it's not cool anymore. <laughs> and then we raid the compound and, you know... Set set it ablaze with a bunch of women and children inside it. Yeah, that and, I mean, the Warren Jeffs thing. I mean, the reality, though, is that it seems like everyone who decides to start a commune is really interested in diddling kids. And I feel like that's at least, at least... I just think that's an eventuality of it, I, man. Which, don't say that. Because well, if I was to start one, then that means that I'm going to diddle kids, and I don't want to diddle kids. Uh, yeah, But it, it seems yeah. like, I mean, maybe it's just the news, but it seems <laughs> like everybody who moves... A bunch of uh, their wives into one location is a kid diddler. Uh, yeah, you just got to stop at the wives, but people with power never do that, do they? Do you think they polygamy always... is the problem, or do you think that the kid diddlers were 
using polygamy as a front to diddle kids. I mean, I I do not think the po- I don't think the polygamy is an issue. You just have to draw a hard line at the polygamy. That's where it stops. People aren't good at that. No, people are not good at drawing just hard lines, draw hard, especially when they have Just draw power. a hard line in the cocaine <laughs> you know, like, and stop there. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it seems like you have a lot of other problems now. Yeah, man. Fucking diddling kids. It, that's the thing, right? It's like it's uh, the commune aspect mm-hmm. seems pretty rad. Like you watch Wild Wild Country or whatever. I, I haven't seen Wild Wild it's Country. A pretty interesting thing on Netflix, you know, about, about like a commune, like, set up like a utopian community in montana hmm. they ended up going to war with the locals it was pretty it was like some pretty craziness holy yeah. shit yeah, was, was this recent yeah in the 90s i think 80s and 90s man they built a whole city um out there like it was a bunch of like doctors lawyers money people that got brought into this uh like kind of um it, it was a some sort of eastern cult type deal um, was there a religious component? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Like Branch uh, Davidians or no, some shit? No, like, uh, more like, um, more like, uh, Hare Krishna's, sort of, but not the same. You know, like, yeah. similar, but different. And then, uh, the locals were like, we're not gonna have a cult up in here, and then they started, like, making, you know, it started to become contentious, and then these dudes just straight up, like, brought in an army, and were, like, carrying machine guns around and stuff to, like, protect, uh... Like what the own the land they owned, it ended up being. So you should watch the show. It's pretty cool. It's interesting. Well, it sounds like it would be controversial. In, in I'm not sure if there was kid diddling in that. Um, did they allude to it? I don't know. You know, it's like uh, it's a really difficult thing. I mean, I guess what I really have to come to terms with is like while academically the idea of a cult seems cool, mm-hmm. it seems that historically speaking, people who start cults are mentally unbalanced yeah. and are prone to departing from conventional social mores sexually for a variety of reasons, which means that I can't start a cult <laughs> because <laughs> then I would do things I wouldn't, I, I wasn't cool with now. I don't want to like, I don't want to become some worse person because I was like, I just want to be free and love a lot of people. Well, in like 2020 and the advent of the internet, I feel like has taught us that the eventuality of a shitload of money and power and influence is kid deadline. I don't think that you need a shitload of money or power or influence. You just need to feel That's what you need to get away with like it. the bigger fish in a smaller uh, pond, right? Yeah. I don't think David Crush had a lot of money, power or influence. <laughs> I don't think that Warren Jeffs really did, but he did in his community. Well, and so like I found out early on, coaching a CrossFit gym was a very bad environment for me. I'm, I'm, I'm that was my that was my can, commune you guys, experiment. Yeah, you guys can't see it. me thinking hard. I'm like looking up at the ceiling and going, <laughs> that my desire to know more intensifies. Oh man, I mean, like you you have seen Amber and I get along very very well. I am assuming that Christian was a very popular man. As a coach, and got a lot of late night phone calls from needy female clients. I did well, and like that's the thing about coaches and female clients. Instantly, there's, there's a rapport. Yeah, there's a rapport because they are coming to you to figure out what to do about all their insecurities. Well, and there's all sorts of weird stuff that, like, when I was coaching, yeah. I was like, you become so, <laughs> you become so like oblivious to things. I, things I would never do. Oh, from man. going to the gym, like I'm never gonna walk up to some random stranger at the gym and be like, "Yo, um, your glute metamus isn't activating." I'm going <laughs> to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my finger on you 
is that cool? Like, I'm going to do it while you're doing this lift just to show you what isn't firing. <laughs> but then when you're coaching, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, is it cool if I give you a physical cue right now? And they're like, yeah, sure. So then you're like putting your fingers yeah. in the top of their butt and being like, this is where you should feel <laughs> activation. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So it's one of those things where like, at, for a while, I was like, it's normal, right? Like, I watch other coaches do it. It's normal. But then also, I'm like, oh, no, I don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, man. Like, that, I think, is a very... Like, if you've been in the position, it is a very good experiment to see what having your own commune would be like. I guess. I, I just... I like to pretend that that's not a reality. Even if I can sense it, I'm like, nope, it's not happening. Not yeah. real. Not yeah, real. Man. I mean, <clears throat> speaking of which... <laughs> Did you see the TikTok boots video of the guy making out with a lieutenant in front of this CrossFit gym? No. At Fort Hood. Wait, was it was it two guys? No, it was a dude, <laughs> uh, an E6, uh, and this uh, lieutenant, and they were like clearly heavily making out. He had the he had the hood of her jacket firmly gripped in his hands, like he was got her by the hood. Yeah, yeah, getting it. And then his wife walked up <laughs> with a phone rolling. She's like. I caught you. I knew it. And then, like, the best is the dude looks like the character from Ice Age, that, like, weird, like, chinless, um, <laughs> like, rodent. And neither of them say anything. It's like a 40-second TikTok, and, uh, like, nobody but the wife is saying anything. It's just a lot of awkward faces. <sighs> what little chin existed is retracted back into the neck. And that was the E6 or the LT? That was the E6. The lieutenant just looked very embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, nothing nothing good happens at a CrossFit gym. Kind of went viral all yeah. over the place. You're right, though. Nothing good does happen at a CrossFit gym. Mm-mm. It's an incestuous den of infighting. It is. And and I, I used to tell my clients, like, if someone started dating somebody at the gym, I was yeah. like, you're the dumbest person here. <laughs> Literally. Like, you know what's going to happen. It's not going to go well. Y'all are going to fucking have an argument. Someone's going to be upset. You're going to break up. And then one of you is going to have to find a new gym. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are going to engage in this rotating wheel of, well, I did the oh, same yeah. thing at another gym. So when that person leaves the gym, then you can come back. And it's literally <laughs> Russian roulette like one month at a time. Well, and it's horrible because then when dude leaves, he takes his five fucking friends with him. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah. I I did go to two CrossFit classes when I was in Fort Collins, and they're, I mean, that's probably why my shoulder fucking hurts. Um, But there is- Max max effort snatches for time. How did you know? (laughs) That is pretty much exactly what it was. No, we, um, there is Don't something. worry, this will be good for you, <laughs> said every CrossFit Level 1 coach that ever existed. This is functional. Other things that CrossFit Level 1 fam- coaches are famous for saying, I'm an excellent programmer. Ugh. Can't oof. wait to go to the games. Yeah, big oof. Yeah, one day when I'm competing against Rich Froning, <laughs> I don't know what it is about CrossFit Level 1 that gives people grandiose delusions of glory, but they get them. Well, I mean, they need to be taking more steroids. I mean, I mean for sure. that was a topic of conversation last night as was well. It? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With whom? Uh, I did a podcast for these guys locally, and the topic of conversation was literally steroids in sports. Yeah. I, I, and, like, I've... My my thing with it, like, I've, I've pretty much done nothing but work in the fitness industry since I was 19. Maybe, re- yeah, uh, 16. I 16. routinely remind myself when you have unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. that... You've never had a real job, and uh, I then it all gets better. Wait, when you have unrealistic expectations of me? Yeah, yeah. When you say things that are unrealistic expectations, and I'm like, at first, I think to myself, 
what manner of child is this? And then I go, oh, wait, Christian's never had a real job. Ouch, bro. He was in the army, Ouch. and he owned a CrossFit gym. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's okay. All, all of this to say that no one no one does anything truly impressive without a little chemical help on board. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I, there are certainly, <laughs> there are people out there that are just genetically gifted. Hmm. There are. I mean, just like ahead of the curve. And then there are people who are competent athletes who are on gear. Yeah. <laughs> who are excellent on <laughs> gear. And then there are people who are competent athletes who aren't on gear, who are like routinely injured or push too hard to keep up with the guys who are on gear, who are constantly in denial because the people who are on gear say that they're not. Well, when and then were... the people who aren't on gear are constantly saying, that guy's definitely juicing. <laughs> and well, you're like, yeah. I mean, maybe, but why don't you, buddy? For sure. And when they were looking at Lance Armstrong, didn't they figure out that they had to move a thousand places down the roster before they found anybody that wasn't using EPO or I don't, doping? I don't know if that's true, but it would not shock me. That That is what I... That is what I heard. I'm assuming that every international level cyclist yeah. or endurance athlete is doing things to increase their blood oxygenation. Like, and I don't understand what the difference between EPO and like living at altitude and sleeping in a hyperbaric, a hyperbaric chamber. chamber. I've wanted one. That would you can be make one. Cool. Yeah. Just, I mean, but I don't. Again. I'm not sure what the payout is unless you're a competitive endurance athlete. Well, and I think you really have to spend a lot of time in oh, there. Like, like a significant amount of time. And yeah. it's like, I don't know how much you're working against like nature. Like people that live at low altitude and spend a lot of time in hyperbaric mm -hmm. chambers, I think are accomplishing very little. Yeah. But I think if you live at altitude and you're staying in a hyperbaric chamber, it's helping. But I'm always interested to see how fast the altitude advantage disappears when you or it leaves mm. you when you come back down to sea level. Yeah. And all of this to just become more of a hermit that now sleeps in a tube that does nothing but be good at workout. Well, that's and that's what it's funny when you were earlier talking about how like you never can get in a flow state with the things that you used to be interested in. You know, handling a cobra puts you in a flow state right fucking like that. You're so weird, man. <laughs> I know that that's your passion. <laughs> but I mean, I guess the point is not everything I think that people historically have looked at like, well, this is my hobby and I got to get really good at it. I know I did. Like yeah. I wanted to be like the world's best off-roader, the world's best lifter. Like I only compared myself to people who are competitive at like the top tier. And I'm like, well, I got to get there. I got to get there. So I spent a lot of time obsessing about getting there and figuring out what my training plan should be and like how I'm going to do it. And like um, that takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. Like you don't have to be the best at something to thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, cycling is a prime example for me. My, my body's not made for it. I'm not built like a cyclist. But, like, routinely on multi-hour bike rides, I catch myself, like, dancing in the saddle and grinning like a fucking idiot. And I'm like, man, this is so much fun. Well, like, you don't even have to be that good at whatever it is you're doing to become an Instagram influencer. Oh, you can at, suck ass if look you just at me. put the work in. <laughs> Are you? Oh no! I'm, I mean, you are an influencer. Yeah. I think ten thousand is probably the threshold. I don't know what the threshold influencer. is, but I know that like you influence the fuck out of me. I move the needle. Yeah, you <laughs> totally do. But I mean, I'm not good at anything I do. Literally, I'm I'm baseline competent in a variety of things. Typically, what happens is I try something new and I am, I get super embarrassed because I suck at it and I'm scared of it. <laughs> and then I spend a significant amount of time trying to get to a baseline level of that thing. Huh. And then I usually lose interest in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that was fun. Your On to the next hobby. You know, yeah. like I still go back. I enjoy competitive shooting still, mm. but I haven't shot a match in, I don't know, four or five months. Mm. Um, I'll never be good. 
but I'm like, okay, I get better. My stage planning gets cleaner. Um, like consistently I'm improving based on like, you know, the analytics provided. Um, same thing with like Strava shows me that I'm making reasonable progress on cycling mm -hmm. and running. But I mean, am I ever really that concerned? Like, do I, I don't, I think for a long time I used to tell people, if you want to be motivated to train for something, you should pick a competitive event in that and then train for it hmm. so that you can focus on something. And now I'm like, well, like I still want to do triathlons, but I don't want to do a competitive try. I want to go do that picnic try in um, like Wyoming. Yeah. Where you start in like Jackson Hole and you cycle out to Jenny Lake, you swim Jenny Lake, you climb the Grand Teton, you come back down, you swim back across Jenny Lake, and then you ride your bike back into uh, Jackson Hole. That sounds fucking brutal. Uh, I mean, like, it's a 23-hour event, Ooh. but, like, it looks fun. It's yeah. beautiful. Like, your support, like, it's something that you do privately. Like, it's not, like, an official event. Hmm. Like, you got to go out there, you do it with your friends. Like, some of your other friends will usually crew it. So, like, you'll have a guy on a boat as a safety across Jenny Lake. You'll have somebody waiting with food on the other side. So, like, you can, like, mow down some calories and then climb the mountains. But, I mean, like, it's cool. It looks fun. And it's like beautiful and scenic. And like every moment of that experience, you can look around and be like, holy shit, man. Like here I am, like in the middle of this beautiful place doing amazing things. The idea of going to like Kona and doing an Ironman competitively, like, wow, it's really pretty. But also all I care about is like, am I making my time markers? Like, did I qualify? Like how many other races did I have to do to get invited to Kona? Yeah. A ton. It becomes an obsession. I mean, if you want to be the best, it has to be an obsession. But what's the fun in that? Like, I like spending time with my kids. I like being lazy on the couch. Sometimes I like to play video games. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to watch TV, trashy TV. Yeah. Um, like, I just don't have it in me to be a top-notch competitor. Hmm. To become a Green Beret, I became pretty obsessed with being a Green Beret. It took years to deprogram myself out of thinking about it 24-7. You know, like, all I used to care about was, like, gear guns what was going on with the next deployment am i up to date on my commo stuff will i be able to like you know do every job on the team is our cross training adequate now i'm like i'm a guard guy hmm. um pretty proficient in a bunch of different things and if i have to do something for work i will re-educate myself and get up to speed on it but like i'm much more comfortable with being a generalist now than i ever was before and i think that a lot of people who should be generalists yeah. are very focused on specificity and it steals their joy. I think a lot of people are chasing meaning. Which I, you through, know. Through accomplishment? Yeah. Which, you know, like. It doesn't matter what, what club yeah. you earn your way into. If you're not happy with who you are inside yourself, you will never be happy in that community. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which I I get a lot more, like, personal meaning and accomplishment through like self sacrifice. Like, you know, oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. That means you're going to be really open to this next idea. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are going to bring uh, Mike Stedman down, and you're going to learn how to box in 24 hours, and then we're going to do an open call invite to any and everyone listening to this podcast that wants your job and you'll have to defend your position at the company one round at a time against anybody. Well, <laughs> self-sacrifice, Christian. Yeah, I knew I knew <laughs> this job was going to come down to physical combat. I just, you know, 
Like like three fights a day. I'll it'll do be, three fights a day be, until it, I'm dethroned. It, no, it'll just it's literally gonna be nonstop rounds <laughs> until you have to fight Mike Stedman. You know, I am I, I have been hearing for a long time that our next idiot versus idiot is going to take place in a New, New Jersey boxing gym. Well they can't open it because of COVID, so we can't do it. Yes, but all of their convictions are falling away, and governors are saying that we can open. And even I, Gavin Newsom says we can open again. Even Gavin Newsom. So, uh, Governor Murphy, I think, is is that is New Jersey? Yeah, I think he's running Jersey. The minute he says we can throw down with some golden glovesies, bro. I watched some boxing videos after this keeps getting brought up, and I keep thinking to myself, like, these are just a bunch of skinny dudes. They don't even punch hard. The gloves are super them. big. They are very fast. Oh, yeah. And I am now seeing a lot of, like, videos of boxers. Like, two skilled boxers in a ring Mm -hmm. are generally avoiding the really powerful punches. Watching uh, a more skilled boxer against a less skilled boxer pretty much always results in a knockout. Yeah. And I am now, like, fuck. Even with headgear, bro. Oh, we're screwed. Oh, dude, no, I watched a dude straight up, like, get lit Mm -hmm. with headgear. Like, just... Like it was a three punch combo that this dude, <laughs> the dude walked into a punch, and was stone cold mm-hmm. knocked out standing up, and the yeah. dude that was punching him finished the combo mm-hmm. against this like woozy finish him looking God dude, damn it. and the dude just crumpled, and I was like, God, that's gonna be me and Christian well, against yeah. some fourteen year old kids in some New Jersey. Fourteen year old kids are gonna be one hundred and twenty pounds soaking wet, but. I am going to love this so much more than having to swim across goddamn <laughs> With intercoastal <sharks>. shark-infested <laughs> waters. I'm going to be so much less smoked. If I'm just getting knocked out in 20 seconds, that's an easy day's work. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm just going to clinch a lot, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna be like, hey. it's like I'm going to pull your pants off and take advantage of you. <laughs> I'm just going to make a lot of like really overt, you know, gross comments and hope that they quit. Dude, I mean, I'm going to try and hit the little dude because maybe you get lucky i don't think that it would be fair to pit us against little dudes i think they're gonna have to put you against a guy your size christian fuck yeah i mean yeah no i think we're screwed drew yeah well and i'm i'm really comfortable with that because getting knocked out doesn't hurt uh, I mean, I mean, it, it may hurt the next day, but it doesn't hurt right then. It's yeah, you're certainly not aware of it. Yeah, but it's one of those things where, uh, mm. like, it actually has very negative long term consequences. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, th- I, you know, I have Tricare, but I think uh, I think the company is going to have our pay bosses. For our bosses take take uh, it for granted that every person who takes like everyone who's taking risks. For content at this company <laughs> is on Tricare. Yeah, like the yeah. company isn't paying for the health insurance of any dude that's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm gonna run on <laughs> blacktop pavement with no shoes on. I'm gonna prove I'm tougher than Christian. Also, Ooh. we're gonna swim across. Uh, we're gonna do open water swim with sharks. Mm. Um, I mean, to be fair, they were they were nurse sharks or bull sharks or some other thing. They weren't gonna bite us. Uh, aren't the ones in North Carolina? I think they're bull sharks. And down do there. those bite? Yes, but statistically, there are like eighty cases of shark bite around the globe. Think yearly, about it. We so could it's have, a small. We chance. could have been eighty-one and eighty-two. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that would have made for some amazing content. Softly uh, would have gone no. viral like that. No, no, no. Oh, it would have been uh, amazing. Corey would have missed the video footage. <laughs> it would have just been video footage of us on the way to the hospital. Uh-huh. And man, I really missed that. I didn't get it. I was uh, busy <laughs> doing some other B-roll. I'm like, damn it. 
damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah, I totally would have taken a selfie of myself with, you know, my calf missing or whatever. It would have been great. So here's the real question. We both did cross-country road trips. You did one with a a one-year-old. Yes. And I did one with a nine-year-old and an 18-year-old. Um, will you be doing another one soon? Fuck, man. That is not a yes. <laughs> well, it's it's tough because we wanted to go out and check out like Park City and Missoula and like some some places like potentially to live. But like I can't like I can't leave my dogs here. I don't know anybody who's going to like live in the house and watch them and spend time with them and yep, nurture yep. them. So like we got to take dogs need nurturing. They just they're shameless kind of <laughs> I know, assholes. So it's like we we have to do it, um, but I feel like the snakes are a bigger liability than the dogs. No chance. Who takes care of the snakes when you're gone? Nobody. You just leave them there. Yeah, they're they're on automatic lights and heat, and they just chill. They don't need to eat for three weeks. Really? Yeah, they can chill. You can, dude. A, a snake will live in perfect health for months without food. Huh. I mean, well, I I don't do that. That's I feed interesting. Them like every ten days or so, but like. Um, yeah, just close the door, lock it. Nobody goes in there. It's fully automatic. I have a little camera so that I can check in on them to see what they're fucking doing. You're so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and for everybody listening, statistically, that is one of the safest hobbies you can have, deadly snakes. No one in this country gets gets murked by venomous snakes yearly. Really? Yeah, there are thousands of private collections of exotics. Zero people in this country get killed by exotic envenomation yearly. Most of the time. There was a kid who... I feel like we need to do a softly parody that's called <laughs> Christian Exotic. And you oh, can be like, man. man, look at these snakes. You know what, man? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to jam my thumb in its butthole. Yep. Well, and, uh... I will never really financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The, you know, there was one kid, I think, in Texas a few years ago who decided he wanted to commit suicide. So he parked his car in a Walmart parking lot, took out his Cobra, and made it fucking bite him. But the Cobra only bite... It only sends venom like the first bite, right? After that, it's dry? No, they, they make uh, they make venom like we make saliva. Really? Yeah. Just over and over and over again? Yeah, it'll keep flowing. Damn. Yeah. But I was going to say we should milk the snakes for a bit and then let one bite you just for videos purposes. Oh, man. It, I mean, like, there's there's an angle to that. <laughs> we we could theoretically make that happen. <laughs> I love that you are, like, willing to consider it at all. Well, so there's a guy called Tim Freed who self-inoculates himself with, with venom, and he just lets his, like, black mambas bite the fuck out of him. What? So he'll he'll take No, I mean I hear you. Yeah. I'm still going to say what. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? Horribly 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 dangerous and you know, there's a good chance you end up in a coma or dead. Well, not dead cuz we, you know, ventilators in this country do a, do a good job. Did you just realize there's not a memory card in there? No, I was just watching. <laughs> I wanted to make sure the metronome was on. I was like we've been talking for all this time and I want to make sure we're good, but uh Ugh. I don't know, man. I mean the the whole cross country thing. Yeah, back to that. More than anything. The issue is you taking that Jeep. Yeah. Well, and so that Jeep is kind of tough. It's got 31s on it and a small lift. It's very loud in there. I mean, it's, Bro, it's the, pretty loud. I can only imagine that the road noise is yeah. bad. And I did new motor mounts and new transmission mount and you know I got mean, got all that shit squared away before my trip. It's still pretty rough. I was doing cross-country drives in college yeah. like for off-road stuff. Mm-hmm. In a '96 F250 mm. that I thought was like a pretty nice ride with a power yeah. stroke, 
I think about the fact that like the way that I made it manageable was that I had three twelves. <laughs> and I listened to like rap music so loud that I was like, I'd get out, and my head would be ringing. Like, oh yeah, yeah man, we're banging. And I feel that for sure. And so, I, I mean, like, if I had something newer, then maybe it would be easier. But like, I'll do third. I've done thirty hours in that thing. I mean, is it uh, holding together better now that you've like worked out some of the initial kinks? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's almost nothing on it that's not brand new. new. Yeah. I did a I, in but Colorado. Brand, brand new replacement is yeah. not initially reliable. You still got to work through a bunch of kinks yeah. and like you got to break in the motor and you got to retighten your freaking you know mm. rocker arms and. Now I've I've been I've been doing all that. I did a fuel pump out in Colorado on my back in the snow. Did you do a long block or did you do a total motor replacement? I I replaced it with a 4.0 inline six. Yeah, yeah but it had a f- it had a 4.0 in it before. Yeah, same yeah. same factory. Motor. But you just got a full motor. You didn't like transfer. Mm-hmm. You just put the accessories on. Yeah, I did the accessories. One of those I replaced on the road in Delaware when I broke down. That was your alternator. Yeah, yeah. alternator. But there's there's pretty much nothing on there that's factory. So I will I'll keep driving that thing. Is it a V belt or serpentine setup? Serpentine. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep driving that thing until the doors rust off. But as soon as I can, I want to buy Amber, you know, some kind of baby carrier. I like those F-150s, man. Dude, I can't really speak highly enough of <laughs> of my F-150. The only thing that sucks is the price tag is, like, just straight murder rape. Yeah. It's, like, not cool. Oh, for sure. They're just stupid expensive. But, I mean, they hold their value better, mm-hmm. but it's still, like, you're still getting raped. Well, yeah. and that's that's the thing about the Jeep, man. Like, it's a '98, and I probably should not have put as much money as I have into it this year. But I'm not losing anything on depreciation because it will never, ever, ever depreciate any more than it already has. And insurance is fucking dirt cheap. I don't have a payment. Like, yeah, it's kind of all I can do. No, you're good. I mean, it's just driving that far that long. It is a motherfucker. Yeah, it sucks, dude. Um, and I mean, especially with a kid. But I mean, was the boy pretty chill? Yeah. The the. He just he hung out in his in his seat and just played with his toys. Super quiet. Amber went back there every once in a while and let him like crawl around. And we stopped often. So I mean, it that part really was not bad. And I can't even speak to whether or not it would be better with like a a new rig. Cause I've been driving hoopties forever. I don't even know. I mean, that's just about you. Yeah. Like for driver longevity, mm-hmm. the vehicle is what matters. You know what I mean? But like as far as kid trip i mean yeah. especially since you broke it down into three days i mean mm-hmm. it has its advantages and disadvantages i will say this i just can't make myself do it hmm. i've done the cross straight country through? yeah no i have to do it straight through like oh yeah i can't yeah, 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 yeah. when we've i stop places to see people usually for an hour or two like we'll stop and do meals and they're mm-hmm. like hey do you want to stay and i'm like no nah, man we're cool i'm gonna just get back on the road yeah. and like just the knowing that i want to be somewhere yeah and that i'm not there yet just eats me up yeah. So like, and I have a really hard time picturing where I want to stop and stay mm-hmm. for a period of time where it's like, well, I guess I could stop here and do this. Even if I'm, ch- even if I want to see people, I'm all I can think about is like, I'm on limited time. If I stay here, then I have less time where I'm going. Yeah. So I'm always just like, I get real hyper-focused on being in a place. Dude, I'm, I'm the same way. When we first moved out here, we moved, um, 
you know, everything out beforehand and we had to drive the Jeep. It was Amber and me and all the animals. So we couldn't really stop. And we had spent the entire like morning before packing shit up. And that was like, that was like 10 hours we got out in the afternoon, but we were awake by the time we rolled in, we were awake for probably 48 hours and coming through Asheville, Amber was like punching me in the arm, trying to fucking keep me awake when we were coming down that big hill trying not to die. It was terribly rough. We both got really, really sick for a while after that. But man, I, I really would rather drive straight through than sit. That is always my impulse. We really had to force ourselves to like stop just for the safety of the lad in the car. I mean, that's a real concern. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't like, if I didn't have old man resolve, yeah. I would feel more worried about it. I will say the last trip out to Utah where we like thirty six hours straight or whatever. Yeah, buddy. Uh that sucked. Um <laughs> but like somewhere around Nebraska, hmm. I was like, eh, man, <laughs> we might die. And like I pulled over to sleep, I rolled the seat back and I was like I closed my eyes for like five minutes and then mm-hmm. I just felt this like surge of second wind and I was like, nah man, let's get on the road. Dude, that's what I do too. We pull off at a truck stop. Um, shut eye for like 30 minutes. I always wake up like thinking just, that just I fall asleep while I drive. Yep. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And second wind, and then we just burn through. I fucking love it. It's, I mean, I don't know if loving it is the answer, but... See, that's the type of endurance event that I like. You like triathlons. I like long drives, man. I don't like triathlons. Then why do you text me at 7 in the morning on a Sunday asking me to do one out of the blue? Because I want company for the misery that I'm about to embark on. (laughs) Why would you do it in the first place? It seems like the thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it did. At that point, I'm reasonably certain that the day I decided to do that was the day that I was questioning a variety of things in my life and I needed a distraction. And Hmm. it seemed like I was about to present myself with a six to eight hour window of opportunity to not think about much. So I did it. I'll think about those kinds of things differently from now on when you bring them to my attention. Yeah, I just want to distract myself for this other thing. And I also had spent a significant amount of time being anxious about my ability to complete one. Hmm. And I didn't want to do one like... The idea of getting into a try, even a fun sprint try, when swimming is like 300 people in a heat mm. and they're all kicking you, <laughs> like Fuck you run into that. the, like run along the beach, jump in the water and everybody's kicking you and they're trying to swim. And I'm like, man, I'm not really that good of a swimmer anyway. Hmm. Not like good. And I'm like, I don't want to be like just beat to hell trying to keep up. And I think tired. you're a good swimmer. I mean, I'm better than you, but I'm not a good swimmer. <laughs> and um, so I'm like... Like, I don't want that to be my first time trying it. So, like, I mapped out how long it was at this, like, local quarry. And Mm -hmm. I just went and swam the quarry um, until I hit the right mark. And then I ran and, uh, well, actually, then I rode my bike. And then I ran. And, honestly, when I finished riding the bike, everything felt great. (laughs) When I finished the run, I did not feel as good. (laughs) I was like, this whole thing was a stupid decision and why am I still doing this? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I only did an Olympic length. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. I would do it again. It was actually a lot of fun. I mean, I now have to wait till this ACL mm-hmm. drama is, you know, got some resolution, but who knows? Well, and, you know, doing doing road work, Bill told me that running is, like, the, the best thing you can do if you're about to get your fucking ass kicked by some Golden Gloves boxers in New Jersey, so. I mean, I think that's probably true. <laughs> build, build a little bit of capacity. Yeah, man. Um I'm just I'm going to 
I'm going to try and grow my neck as thick as possible just to try and have some insurance against literally getting killed. Ah, uh, they're not going to hit that guys. hard. <laughs> uh, you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm... You know, I like I said, I am actually looking forward to that one more than the more than the sharks. Uh, I didn't think about the sharks really. I mean, I had more fun convincing you they weren't sharks, knowing yeah. they were. Oh than yeah, the everyone <laughs> knew they were, and everyone <laughs> does this every time there are sharks in the water. Everyone's like, "Oh, don't worry, it's just dolphins." I mean, they are. They're just dolphins. <laughs> sure, they're just dolphins. until they bite you. They're all dolphins. Yeah. And then when they bite you, you're like, well, that's, I think it was still a dolphin. It was just an aggressive one. Yeah, and that's how every movie goes. Dolphins don't bite you. They just try and give you, you know, I just try and blowhole you. I don't know that that's true. I think that dolphins do bite you hmm. and that people misattribute shark attacks to dolphins all the time because dolphins are clearly, they're very malicious. The The mouth isn't even shaped the same. No, it's huge. Yeah, it's... The it's, dolphin mouth is huge. Yeah, you'd get bit by a dolphin and you'd be like, is that a like tiny alligator that just bit me? No. You're huh. wrong. It's a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins are clearly evil beasts sent to to bite innocent surfers. Clearly. Um, well, this podcast didn't disappoint. It was a directionless, was rambling discussion of nothing. Um, it's my favorite kind. <laughs> uh, I believe we have nothing, like, we have nothing of any significance to add to this. Yeah. Um, if... The world ends tomorrow. Which it's definitely going to. At 25,000 National Guard soldiers charge their weapons <laughs> and protect the Constitution <laughs> in Washington, D.C. I, I mean, I'm just here to say, mazel tov. I think everything will still be fine. Uh, yeah, I... I, you know, I saw, though, they, they took their mags and their bullets. I read somewhere they that... They never have them. No, you're about to tell me that people are worried about an insider threat. Yeah! No, it's a troll. It's I, a, I it's mean, a, like... It's a troll. Everything some, is a troll. Some dude on the internet made that up, and mainstream media ran with it. So, you are a National Guardsman. Yes. When you go places, you have, you have rounds in your... Mm, depends on what the job is. Huh. Nope. Yeah. Weird. No, I mean, so there will be, I, my suspicion is that there's some sort of aha, like somebody is monitoring, there, there's ammunition available there, someone, yeah. someone drew ammunition, but it's like force pro ammo, huh. and it's not very much. It's yeah. literally like, it's the equivalent of an Iraqi at a gate who has 27 rounds in his AK, and he's responsible for every single one, <laughs> so like they'll issue ammo to certain people and they'll be like they'll count it out and be like you need to bring this back <laughs> <laughs> yeah or or your sprint you know your spent brass whatever um no i don't think you have to turn your spent brass i mean i mean honestly <laughs> though from a bureaucratic standpoint i wonder if there would be an ammo turn in if there was a if there was a mass event where they were shooting a lot of ammo at DC, I'm certain someone somewhere in the bureaucracy would be like make sure to police your brass we have to turn <laughs> it in has to be within 10% and I, I know you know somebody up there, so I'm looking forward to seeing a pallet of 5.56 um, sitting in the office well, next week. I'm curious to see how this whole thing... It seems like everybody's really worked up. Oh, yeah. People are so worked up that they hate their fucking neighbors. It's, so much, man. I mean, last time I checked, whatever happened in D.C. had very little effect on my life here. Yeah. So I don't get too worked up about it. Yeah. But I feel like... You know, if you had a real beef with the federal government, it's probably best to go take it up into Washington as opposed to, like, I don't know, bitching about it on the Internet. Yeah. Or 
looting a Macy's. I mean, at least they're going to all end up in jail together, so they'll be able to, you know, talk about it for a while. Yeah, they have, they have some good therapies. I actually don't think they have good therapies in prison. Do they not? I mean... Is it it not a system for rehabilitation? Butthole pleasures. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of catharsis everybody needs. I feel like most people who are currently advocating for some form of revolution aren't ready for the consequences on either end. Whether whether it be butthole pleasures in prison or an actual (laughs) revolution, it's going to be nothing but bad times for everybody. I like a steady supply of groceries, mm-hmm. toilet paper, and paper towels, and um, I like my reasonably sedentary, adventure-based lifestyle. I feel like, uh, you know. Yeah, you and I are pretty well insulated, I think, from the... Um, from pretty much everything in the real world. Yeah. No, we're just chilling. Yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah. It's It's taken me this long to realize that and stop stressing. Maybe now my hair will start to grow back. Remember, kids, if you eat your Wheaties and you say your prayers and you follow Softleet's programming on our app... You, you smoke your Wheaties. You, too, can have a job like Christian and I where all you do is what you want and what you do is nothing what you don't want. <laughs> it's true. Call Christian and be like, hey, Christian, can you do a podcast today? No, nah, man, I'm training. No. Nah, <laughs> like, okay, well, maybe tomorrow then. Your slightest misstep <laughs> will be used against you forever. Well, I mean, this is the passive-aggressive nature of junior Bravo to senior Bravo. <laughs> you always ask someone if they're willing to do something as though they have a choice, and then when they choose the wrong thing, you shit on them about it until they exceed your expectations later, and you go, man, I was really doubting your ability to do these things. Well, and every every time I work with you, Doug, I learn something new. This is the cancerous nature of a special forces ODA. It's it's <laughs> literally the junior Bravo seeking to impress a senior Bravo mm-hmm. until the senior Bravo retires as a fat old lazy dude, and then the junior Bravo becomes a fat old lazy dude, who then shits on his junior <laughs> until he becomes a fat old. Senior. It's, it's making my heart so big that you're referring to me as a junior Bravo. You are my junior Bravo. Oh, man, I love you so much. Yeah, well, I'm not going to ask you to fix any guns. I'm just going to be like, hey, uh, I need you to go count the ammo. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the real operators of Beverly Hills, man. Mm. Well, this draws us to the conclusion of whatever this has been. I don't think this is the bottom of the barrel. This is a, a wandering journey through our... our uh, our unmedicated brains. Yeah, it's been fun. I haven't taken Adderall in months. Well, we need to do this again, but I'm gonna bring like I'm I'm gonna bring a bottle of tequila and we'll oh just God. go shit faced. No, what <clears throat> we should do is we should go live. We should go Instagram live and just take questions. Yeah. Well, considering that we don't we don't condone um, alcohol consumption. If you right, recall, of course, the weed advocate got really mad at me for making one alcohol joke. In the Professor Doug series. I, uh, you don't remember that? No. No, no. It was a big stink on YouTube. The guy who is a huge oh, advocate yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, legalizing yeah, yeah. marijuana in the military mm-hmm. <clears throat> gave me a very stern lecture about one sip of whiskey in my coffee being encouraging of, of a, an alcohol. I do remember. Can we take a, can we take a stance against that and, and do it anyway? Yeah. <sighs> We'll I'll con- we'll take it under consideration. All right, cool. I'm currently crumpling your suggestion up and throwing it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. This, is, this has been good. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I've enjoyed it. Hopefully, the people who are listening aren't angry at us for wasting an hour and a half of their time. 
Um, the lessons that can be taken away from this are it's not that much fun to do a cross-country trip with kids, period, whether you have a new or an old vehicle. And if you really want to enjoy your life, you should wear condoms. <laughs> yeah. Kids, they're the greatest thing to ever happen to you. That's what you say once you become a parent. Until you travel with them. No, I mean, just you, it, parents just say that. Man, the best thing that ever happened to me is my kids. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's true because now I'm here yeah. and I'm in it. You know, it's like I'm going to really talk about how much I enjoy the company in Hades because <laughs> I don't have an option to leave. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is the best choice I ever made in my life. Well, our next podcast can be like a dad podcast or something. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Well, until next time, choose or poos poos as the Swedes would say. <laughs> yeah.